you have a Bible, and I hope you do, I'm going to get you to turn to Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2 is where we're going to be as we continue in our new series called Marks of a Biblical Church. Marks of a Biblical Church. And if you are joining us, uh, if you're you know, joining us in this time and uh, you know, jumping in in this sermon series, you came at the right time because we're only on sermon number two uh, as we uh, look at uh, the early church. So as you turn there, let me offer another word of prayer. Father in heaven, would you, yeah, would you bless the preaching of your word now? Would you glorify yourself through the preaching of your word? Would you hide me behind the cross? I pray that you would increase and that I would decrease. I pray, God, that uh, you would help us as we think about fellowship today, that you would help us, um, yeah, to understand and see and be encouraged and be compelled uh, to, yeah, have fellowship, one with you and two with one another. And so as we think about that, would you bless that time? Would you bless this time? And would you be glorified? Again, Lord, we pray that your word would do the work in all of our hearts in every way that you see fit. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 So Acts 2, 42 through 47 reads as follows. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And all came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. This is God's word. Amen. 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 So again, we are looking at what marked the early church's fellowship, uh, what marked the early church's gathering, what types of activities they were devoted to. And again, as I mentioned last week, more in depth in hopes that as we look at the early church and the activities that they were devoted to, that they were enamored with, that it would continue to serve as a strength and an encouragement uh, and shape ours, that it would continue to shape our gathering. So last week, if you were with us, we looked at the first element uh, that the first church devoted themselves to, and that was the apostles' teaching. So we looked at the apostles' teaching, and we were encouraged and challenged last week to devote ourselves, to continue to devote ourselves to healthy teaching. And so if you missed it and you, you weren't here with us, I would encourage you to just go online and check it out, uh, people, when you can. But today, as I've already mentioned, we'll be looking at the next element in the list, and that next element on the list being fellowship. Fellowship. What is fellowship? Who should we have fellowship with? Well, we'll look to define those throughout this sermon. So if you're taking notes, 
Here's the main idea and it should pop up on the screen. There it is. If you're taking notes, writing it down or whether in your phone, this is the main idea that we are teasing out each week as we look at these elements is this. The early church's fellowship was marked by four essential elements and evidence fruit as a result. The early church's fellowship was marked by essential elements and evidence fruit as a result. Two points for you this afternoon. Here they are. Number one, fellowship with God. We'll see that in Acts 2, 42b, and throughout 47, and then various passages. So number one, fellowship with God. And then number two, fellowship with one another. Fellowship with one another. And we'll see that in Acts 2 as well in various passages as we will look. And so let's look at the first one together. Fellowship with God. Fellowship with God. Look back at Acts 2, 42 with me. Here's what it reads. It says, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship. I want to point out something from last week that I mentioned and is this, is that the believers devoted themselves to healthy teaching, right? They devoted themselves to healthy teaching and it was healthy teaching, the apostles teaching that shaped the rest of their activities, right? It was the, it was the primacy of God's word, the, yeah, them devoting themselves to healthy teaching that also shaped the rest of their activities. And so that being, yeah, shaping fellowship, right? So the word of God was of most importance and central in their fellowship. And it is also what shaped their fellowship. So we spent a lot of time, you know, teasing this out last week. So I won't go in depth as it relates to the apostles teaching per se, but I would say this to the Christians here in the room is that our fellowship should prioritize God's word and be central. Our fellowship, our gathering, and our gatherings should prioritize God's word. And it should be central in those gatherings, those fellowship opportunities. And his word is what should mold and what should shape and what essentially makes our fellowship. God's word what makes our fellowship with other believers in this church. Why? Why? Why is that the case? Because foundationally and most importantly, we have fellowship with God. We have fellowship with God. Now, before I move forward, let's define what I mean by fellowship. What is fellowship? Well, the, the word fellowship in the Greek is the word kononia. And that word means to share something in common, to, to share something in common. It's the same type of word that Paul uses in Philippians 1, where he says that, that we have, he has a partnership. They share a partnership with the church at Philippi. It's the same type of language there, the same word, a partnership, a sharing in common, right? And so that word means to, to share something in common. And what we share in common, family, is not based on race or the same interests or that we like the same sports teams or that we like the same foods like we get the grub on or the same music or the same X, Y, and Z. 
Now, some of those things may be true. And that's okay. Yeah, we may like the same music. We may have the same taste of food. We may like the same sports teams and da da da. We might, those things might be true and those things are okay. But what the believers fellowship shares most in common, what we all share most in common and of most importance is that we have fellowship with God through the Lord Jesus. Amen? Amen. So what we share most in common and that is of most importance is that we have fellowship with God. So if you're here and you, you don't know Christ, I want you to lean in a bit and, and hear me when I ask this. Do you have fellowship with God? Do you have fellowship with God? Do you have a relationship with God? That's what I'm asking when I'm talking about fellowship. To have fellowship with God is to have a relationship with him. I'm not asking if you know things about God. I'm not asking if you know about God. I'm asking, do you know him personally? Do you have a personal relationship, fellowship with God? These are the most important questions that you'll hear today. And the most important answer you'll need to be sure on. Nothing else will click through the rest of this sermon if you don't have fellowship with God. And it's through the best news you'll ever hear, and that being the gospel, the good news about God, that you can have fellowship with God. And that good news is the gospel. And it is this, it is this that God, it starts with God, that God created the heavens and the earth. He created all human beings and he created all things good. He said after he created man that it was very good. Man sins against God, chooses to believe the words of Satan versus the word that God had given him them and because of them believing not God's word not taking uh, God at his word they have fallen they disobeyed him and because of their disobedience it wreaked havoc in the entire world it wreaked havoc it messed it up for all of us and that all of us every human being that has been born since then has been born sinners has been born with a disease, a defect, sin. And it's not that we, uh, it, it, we sin because we are sinners. It's who we are. And because of our sin, we deserve God's wrath. We deserve his righteous judgment that he will pour out on sinners because of our disobedience. But thanks be to God that he didn't leave us there. He could have. And he would have been just to do so because he's God. But he sends his son, Jesus, to come and to live a perfect sinner's life and to die a death on the cross and be buried in the grave, but not stay there long. On the third day, he was raised from the dead, offering salvation to all who would turn from their sin and turn to him by faith. See, see the amen, amen, right? Amen. This is the good news. This is the best news. So, so in the beginning, we had perfect fellowship with God. When man fell, that fellowship was broken. Jesus comes to restore that fellowship. 
And if you were to repent and believe and trust in Christ, you, non-Christian, could be made right with God. You can have a relationship with God and have fellowship with him. So my non-Christian friend, this is what you need the most today. Fellowship with God. And because of what Christ has done in your place and in my place, you can have fellowship with him. I implore you, I plead with you, repent, believe, trust Christ. Christians in the room. It's because of Jesus that you and I have fellowship with God. It's because of Christ that you and I have fellowship with God. And it's because of Jesus that you and I continue to have fellowship with God. Maybe you struggled this week to spend time with God, right? Busy schedules, life happening, so many different things going on at one time. Maybe you struggled to spend time with God. Maybe you struggled to spend time in prayer with God or read your Bibles, et cetera, et cetera. Now, you should prioritize. You should definitely prioritize those spiritual disciplines. So I want to encourage us. Yeah, like, like make time. Do whatever it takes to spend time with God. But your fellowship was not broken this week because you missed time in the work. Your fellowship was not broken because you missed your quiet time. No, the, the gospel washes over your imperfect rhythms and my imperfect rhythms that I have in place to stay in fellowship with God, to stay in sync with God. And then it also, guess what? Motivates us to keep those rhythms to stay in fellowship with God. But you still have fellowship with God. Amen? Praise God. You still have fellowship with him. That has not changed. Prioritize your spiritual disciplines. Get in the word. Pray. Be in fellowship. But it has not changed that you have a relationship with him. Or maybe... The sins you and I committed this week discouraged you in your fellowship with God. Maybe it had you running uh, from God versus to God in fellowship. The good news, Christian, is because of Christ, you and I can echo, we can echo what the Apostle Paul says here in Romans 8.39. What does he say? Nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Is that not good news to wash over you this afternoon? We all the reality is we've all struggled with sin this week. We're sinners saved by God's grace. We all struggle in different types of ways with sin, different struggles. If we're honest about it and real about it, that's the truth. That's just the reality. And we may have, in response to our sin, we may have ran deeper into that sin versus ran deeper into God, to God, who is open arms, welcoming us each and every time we do. So if that's you, you're like me, if that's you, then hearing what he says here in his word in Romans 8, 39, that nothing, nothing, Nothing can separate you, me, from the love of God 
in Christ Jesus our Lord. This is good news. So be encouraged this afternoon, Christian. You and I have fellowship with God, not because of you, not because of me, but because of his son, because of Jesus and what he has done. And you will keep on having fellowship with God because of Jesus, because of what he has done. And most importantly and central, our fellowship is mainly because of Jesus' life, death, burial, and resurrection. This is what we here at CHCC have most in common. Jesus. So we have most in common. The Lord Jesus. And him bringing us together to worship him. Now, speaking back to our sin issues as a Christian, really quick. I, I, I do want to give a warning here. That as Christians, we aren't to continue in sin. We aren't to continue in sin. Right? We aren't to continue in darkness. No, sin is serious. Sin is deadly. It's a serious thing. And we don't, we don't want to coddle with sin. We don't want to play with sin. We don't, yeah, we are just thinking about LJ's uh, little, yeah, little Bible things we're doing with him. Uh, it says that uh, uh, sin and God cannot be friends. That's the truth. And it's the truth for us, right, that sin and us cannot be friends. We cannot be friends with sin. So, and if you are a Christian, you shouldn't want to continue in sin, right? It even tells us something about our fellowship with God, right? Listen to 1 John uh, 5 through 6 as it tells us about that. Here's what it says. It says, this is the message we have heard from him and proclaim to you that God is light. And in him is no darkness at all. Listen to verse six. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. Did you hear that? Did you catch that this afternoon? If we say that we have fellowship with God, who's the him? God. If we say we have fellowship with God while we are walking in darkness. The Bible says that we lie. That we aren't practicing the truth right now. We are lying and not practicing the truth if we are walking in darkness saying we have fellowship with God. So what does that mean? What, is, what, did that, what does that tell us? Christian, don't walk in darkness. Don't walk in darkness. Be in the light. Be in the light. I am, we are to be in the light. And not only does our sin tell us something about our relationship with God, but it also says something to our relationship with one another. Listen to 1 John 1, 7, continuing on in that same passage. It says, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. So walking in darkness says something about our relationship with God. One that he is light and in him is no darkness at all. And that we as Christians are to be walking in the light. But then it also says something about our relationship with one another. That we as Christians are to be walking in the light together as a body. What does it say? It says, 
if we are doing that, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. We have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Do you see that this afternoon? Walking in the light as God is in the light proves, shows that we have fellowship with one another and gives us assurance that Jesus' blood has cleansed us, cleansed us from all sin. I don't want to move past that too quickly this afternoon. I don't want to move past that too quickly as one way to apply this, Christians, is that we are to be confessing our sins to God and one another. We're to be confessing our sins to God and one another, right? I think we all do a really, really good job, I hope, I think, with confessing our sins to God, right? But I wonder, for some of us, are we practicing confessing sins to one another? That's what we have been called to do as a body of believers and essentially commanded to do as a body of believers in fellowship with one another. Listen to James 5, 16. Here it says, it says, therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. We have to confess our sins to one another and pray for one another. Ephesians 5, 8 through 11, in regard to walking in the light, puts it this way. Paul there says, he says, in verse 8, he says, For at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. Verse 10. And try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Verse 11. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness. But what does it say? But instead expose them. Instead expose them. The reality of it is, is that before Christ, all of our identities, as it says here, was darkness. It says we were darkness. That's what we were, darkness. But now in Christ, we are light, light in the Lord. Because we are children of the light, that means that we are to be walking in the light. And the truth of it is, is that, yeah, we are sinful people. We are going to sin. It's not a question as to if you are going to sin. It's a question as to when you're going to sin. And when you do sin, what do you do with that sin? Do you keep it to yourself? Do you coddle it? Are you unrepentant? Or are you repenting to God and also confessing to one another, saying that, yo, I cannot, I cannot stay in this. I cannot be in this. And 1 John tells us all about that, right? That it tells us all about us yet. Yeah, if, yeah, our conversion tells us a lot about, yeah, how we handle our sin and what we are to do with our sin. And, but it's, can we stay in that? We are not to stay in that, as First John tells us. No one keeps on sinning if you are a Christian. Pursuing sin, actively chasing sin, running after sin in the ways that we were in the world, right? 
John chapter 3 is clear that at one time we loved the darkness, but we hated the light. As a Christian now, that should flip. It has flipped. We have to love the light and hate the darkness. Amen? Amen. To love the light, hate the darkness. And so, church family, are you confessing your sins to one another? In wisdom, you might be like, yo, confessing my sins to the whole church or whatever. I'm not saying, yeah, putting yourself all on blast to everybody. But in wisdom, do you have some people that are walking with you in our church that knows you? That knows you? That knows your struggles? That knows the ways that you are tempted most and are walking alongside you and helping you pursue holiness and righteousness? And if that's the whole church, amen. If it's a few select folks in the church, amen. I'll leave that to you to apply that. But the application is don't hold your sin. Don't keep your sin to yourself. Confess it. Repent of it to God and confess it to one another as we have as a church body made a covenant with one another to walk with each other. Amen. To be a family. And as a family, as we know, family is messy. None of us has it all together. I ain't got it all together. None of you all have it together. And we're going to walk with each other in our mess together. That's what family does. Amen. Y'all with me? So that's fellowship with God that first and foremost, we are to have fellowship with God. And number two, point number two is that we are to have fellowship with one another. Fellowship with one another. Now, we've already kind of been teetering on this a bit already, talking about fellowship with one another. But again, it's because of Jesus alone that Christians here in the book of Acts and us Christians today have fellowship with one another. And it's because of Jesus, again, that we continue to have fellowship with one another. Family, we have fellowship with one another because of Christ. I mean, just think about it for a second. God took a bunch of sinners here at CHCC, saved us all at different times in our lifetimes, brought us together to be a church, and then says, yo, do life together. <laughs> do life together. Do life together. Be a family. Be a gathered body of believers, loving each other, caring for one another, on mission with one another. We're all different. Some share similar interests, some don't, different ages, diversity, and so forth and so forth, different personalities, different strengths and weaknesses. The list can go on and on doing life together, which is a beautiful thing, a beautiful picture of what God does and can only do by bringing people from all different backgrounds, all different situations together to be church. It's a beautiful thing. And this is what God has done. This is what God has done here at CHCC. And is what he does in every gospel believing, gospel preaching church. And I don't want you to miss this because this holds a lot of weight, right? God granted our fellowship with him and our fellowship with one another. Again, this isn't something that you did or I did. This is what God has done. So we're bigging up God and what he has done. 
to grant us one fellowship with him through the Lord Jesus and fellowship with one another through the Lord Jesus. And we are to be good stewards of that. We are to be good stewards of what the Lord has given us. We are, as I've mentioned before, we are in covenant with one another, in a covenant relationship as a church. Not another group of Christians at another church, not another group of Christians all around the world. No, specifically here at Congress Heights Community Church. We are in a covenant relationship with one another. I'm not saying you can't be friends with other Christians outside of the church. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying in a unique way, in a special way, we are covenanting together as a family, as a local church. Right. And which means those promises listed in our church covenant that we have promised to one another means we are to keep them with one another. We are to keep them with one another and then also hold one another accountable to keep them. Right. This is our fellowship with one another. And we see that plainly listed in our church covenant in the ways that we are seeking to love each other, care for each other, be present with one another, hold each other accountable. Da, da, da. These are the ways that we have promised one another to be about. So what does our fellowship look like continuing? What does it look like? How, how does it play out more? Well, we've seen this already, as I've mentioned, some of the things surrounding, you know, being in the light with one another, thinking about our church covenant and how we've made these promises to one another and to live those things out on a daily basis with one another. But there's more. Look back with me at Acts 2.44. Look at Acts 2.44. Again, in 42, we've been talking about how the Christians in the early church devoted themselves to fellowship, right? Well, look at how that fellowship is played out in verse 44. It says, and all who believed were together and had all things in common. They were together and had all things in common. The text says they were together, which we learned last week that the apostles and the ladies uh, set the tone. They led out as to what that togetherness was was to be and was to look like, right? In Acts 1.14, as the text tells us there, that they were together on one accord in prayer. This was the apostles, this was Jesus' mom and other ladies, all together, setting the tone as to what togetherness was to be, was to look like. We also see in verse 46 of our passage that we're in, that they were together worshiping at the temple and at one another's homes. And they were getting their grub on. They were eating together. They were fellowshipping together over meals. Listen to verse 46. It says, and day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. This togetherness is played out through the churches in the New Testament, right? It's all this togetherness starting here, seen all throughout, it's a thread, it's a cord, all throughout the churches listed in the New Testament. One example here uh, in the book of Hebrews, in chapter 10, 24 through 25, tells the church there, tells us as churches today that we are to gather regularly that we are to gather regularly. 
Therefore, we gather regularly here at CACC on Sundays and throughout the week. Listen to verse 24 of Hebrews 10. It says, and let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawn near. So we are to be a gathering people. Uh, gathering regularly people to make much of Christ together. The text doesn't stop there. It also says that they had all things in common. They had all things in common. They were on one accord, unified, and shared all things in common, which would suggest, might suggest that they were sharing their belongings and resources with one another. We're sharing their belongings and resources with one another. Verse 45 of Acts 2 says this more explicitly. Look down back at your text, at the text in verse 45 of Acts 2. It says, and they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. Now, I don't think this means we should sell all our stuff today and give it to one another. I don't think that's the application for today. I think a more accurate application today would be for us to not be stingy with our resources. To not be stingy with our resources, with those we are in covenant relationship with, with those we are in fellowship with. In other words, if someone is in need here at CHCC and you are able to help, help them, help them, support them. In whatever ways that might mean, in whatever ways that might look like. First John 3.17 says something to this same effect. It says, but if anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? How does God's love abide in a person like that? Who has something, maybe to give and sees a brother and sister in need, but yet closes their heart off to that need, doesn't seek to meet that need or help in that need. How does God's love abide in him or her? We are to be a supporting community as a church, supporting one another type of community. And one of the things that I love about this church is so many things I love about this church. But one of the things that I love is that I believe we do that here at CHCC. I believe we do that well here at CHCC as this was, yeah, a part of our DNA starting out as a church uh, desiring to be this type of community where we support one another. I've been encouraged how we as a body pray for one another regularly, pray for one another Right. Someone drops a prayer request in you know, the chat or something along those lines and boom, people are praying around the spot, praying, praying for one another and whatever needs those things are, whatever that might be, praying for one another. Someone gets sick in our congregation. Well, we help to provide care packages or send food, set up meal trains, whatever the case may be, things along those lines. That's been encouraging to see. And, and just as we are a church coming up on two years, those types of things are already happening, kind of embedded in our DNA. And then sadly, when we experience the loss of loved ones, we're praying for one another. 
We're sending cards and meals and attending funerals of our loved ones. I was so encouraged to, to see some of us at Nicole Aunt's funeral uh, this past Thursday. And then some of you all were at my dad's funeral uh, last month, right? And so these are the type of things that we are to be about as a church, as a supporting community, right? The list can go on and on, but these are the ways we are, and many more, much more, to support one another. Because why? Why? We're family. We're family. We're family. And that's one of our core values as a church. Family. Gospel family. Mission. And we put it like this when we think about family. We want you to feel like family here because you are family. You are family. And so CHCC family, may we continue to grow in this and do this more and more. These are the type of family vibes we see all throughout Scripture expressed in the one another's of the Bible, don't we? We see this all expressed through the one another's of the Bible. There are a lot of one another statements here in the Bible. So I'm just going to read a few of them for us just to kind of feel that weight again and, and kind of, yeah, I guess, let those one another's wash over us and help us to reflect on how we are to be, yeah, living out these one another's with one another. Uh, so here are some of those examples as to what our fellowship is to be and look like. Romans 12, 16, it says, live in harmony with one another. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. So live in harmony with one another. Galatians 6, 2. Bear one another's burdens. And so fulfill the law of Christ. Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Ephesians 4, 1 through 3, it says, I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in Love, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. Ephesians 4, 32, it says, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another. As God in Christ forgave you. Ephesians 4.32. So be kind to one another. Tenderhearted. Forgiving one another. As God in Christ forgave you. 1 John 3.11. It says. For this is the message that you have heard from the beginning. That we should love one another. That we should love one another. Is this the type of fellowship we have here at CHCC? Is this the type of fellowship that we have here at CHCC? This type of fellowship with one another? I believe we do. I believe we do. And I'm encouraged by it. But may we not get complacent in it. 
May we continue to grow all the more in what this means. So as I close, let me just mention a few ways that we as a church want to live this out, have already been living this out, and want to continue to live this out here. One of the things that our members meeting that we talked about this past <clears throat> Wednesday is that so we have our monthly prayer gathering that we do on Wednesday nights. Uh, we're going to be looking to move that to the first Sunday of each month, starting in April. So March 5th would be the first Sunday of March. We have Bible and breakfast that day, so we won't do it that day. We'll do it starting in April. So the first Sunday, we want to get together after service and spend some time in prayer. All right, so moving our monthly prayer gathering from Wednesdays to Sundays after church. And then we want to get a meal together, right? So we want to go, want to go grab some food together. And so the way we were thinking about doing that is a combination of going to a restaurant, uh, meeting at one another's homes, um, and then also BYOD. So bring your own dinner, right? We'll kind of you know, plan that out and we'll let you know. But just be planning for that. So the first Sunday of the month after service, starting in April, we'll be coming together for prayer and grow. All right. Meals at the church. We've been talking about this already. And some of us have been doing this in some ways, but I want to reemphasize this and um, yeah, encourage us more and more uh, to do this. Uh, grab meals at the church. Grab meals at the church. Right. Uh, make let, let us all make time for this. Right. Making time for this, whether that's going to someone's home who may be hosting something, or whether that's going to busboys and poets or kitchen savages or wherever it might be to do that. Uh, and some of us as members have been talking about that. And yeah, just want to encourage that. And even if it's just a small bunch, right? Even if some folks can't make it, this being just an organic rhythm, right, within our church that we're like, okay, some of us are just going to get, you know, dinner after service. Are you coming? Can you come? All right. So let's just all, yeah, make time for that and try to strive to do that organically, right? Just grabbing meals at the church. But we also do this in our pods, right? So our discipling pods, right? We have three of them right now. We're looking to have more, Lord willing. Uh, but just these are our ways of discipleship groups in a small setting. But we, we do this in our pods, right? Uh, whether we're meeting weekly or biweekly or monthly, uh, these opportunities to get together with our men's and women's pods. And so uh, those are some of the ways that we are seeking to be in fellowship with one another. But then also in one-on-ones, right? One-on-one, you know, I'm, grab coffee with someone one-on-one or grab lunch or dinner. You all doing the same. These are other ways that we are seeking to fellowship with one another, to be in fellowship. So may we do that all the more and more. Uh, mentioned this last week with Bible study again. Bible study is another way for us to come together in fellowship, right? And so when we have Bible study, uh, as often as you are able to, come, be a part of that. Uh, come fellowship with us as we seek to be in God's word together. And then other opportunities that the body may share. Uh, I know in some ways we've done this in the past, um, but maybe we need to revisit some of these things. Um, I think some some of us maybe have been doing some of these things over the last year or so, but, you know, having like a game night or something along those lines, like a game night or coming together. I know me and the fellas, you know, have come together and watch a, a game or something, right? A sports sporting event, right? Um, the women's event that's coming up, right? Another way for the women of our church and, and women in our community and other churches to come together and fellowship, right? So just 
these opportunities, and I'm sure the list can go on and on, I think you get the application and the point. The point is, is that we as a church are to be in fellowship with one another. On Sundays, gathering, and when we scatter throughout the week. Opportunities where we are scattering and gathering on a Sunday and throughout the week. And so may we as a church, yeah, continue to be like the early church as we see that they were devoting themselves to fellowship and to what that means as a church. First, fellowship with God. So family, we have fellowship with God. And two, we have fellowship with one another. Let me pray for us as Sister Natasha comes back up to lead us. Jesus, we thank you for the fellowship that we have with you. We thank you, God, that uh, you granted us fellowship, uh, that you, uh, yeah, that you did all of the work in our place so that we might have fellowship with you and that you just called us to believe, turn away from sin and believe. And we praise you, God, that some of us have already done that, but that we continue to do that. Thank you that you have won yeah, our freedom and our fellowship with God and that, you, uh, yeah, that your life, death, and resurrection was sufficient enough to, to sustain it, to keep it, that nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. But help us, Lord, to... Yeah, pursue fellowship with you, to be intimate with you, as we even see the Lord Jesus having intimacy with the Father, modeling, getting up early, getting away from people to spend time in prayer, to spend time with you. May we be like Jesus, who had fellowship with the Father and pursued fellowship with the Father. And may we pursue fellowship more and more with one another. Thank you for this church. Thank you for, yeah, Lord, raising up this church. For, for taking men and women from all different walks of life. All different backgrounds and similar backgrounds and so forth and so forth. And bringing us together and making us, one, your people, but making us uh, a people here in Congress Heights, a church to be a witness to this community and to the world. Lord, would you help us, Lord? I'm so encouraged by all the ways that we are in fellowship with one another. Let us not be complacent in those things, but help us to pursue fellowship with one another more and more. In the very simple ways, in one-on-one times and pod times and so forth and so forth in other ways, Lord, creative, fun ways, whatever that might mean and look like, may we pursue that as a church, as a family. So grow us more and more in what it means to be a family, Lord. And help us to live together in relationship as family. And we pray that this would also be a witness to the community, Lord, as they see People 
who are enamored with Christ, seeking to worship Christ, and to do that together, unified, on one accord. So God, I pray that you would keep us on one accord. Keep us unified. May we all fight for the unity of this church because Jesus, that's what you desire. That's what you want. So may we all fight for that, continue to fight for that in every way. And may nothing rival that in what we have. Lord, we love you. We praise you. Thank you for this time once again. Thank you for the fellowship we have with you and with one another. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Amen.